Thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. So today, we are going to talk about faith a little bit today. Um, And we're going to talk about um, three things that faith must be. course, you know, no list is ever exhaustive, right? These are just the things that um, I felt like God gave to me um, as I was preparing for today. We're going to be in Mark um, chapter 11, verse 22. We're going to be in James chapter 1, verse 3. And we're going to be in in James chapter 2, verse 20. So you can mark those passages and we're going to just progress this way, that way. So, The first thing that our faith has to be or must be, or really, I probably should say it better like this, three characteristics of faith, not three characteristics of faithful people, but three characteristics of faith. So the, one of the characteristics, the first characteristic that I have written is that our, our faith must be targeted. Mark eleven twenty two. Um, we all we know this. Um, some of us are very, um, is it Mark? It's not a Mark, is it? Make sure I'm in the right place. Yes, I am. Um, Mark eleven twenty two. Now, we know the, the precursor to this is um, Jesus has cursed this fig tree. They came out the next day, saw the fig tree. As a matter of fact, Pastor Bill was just preaching out of this a couple of Sundays ago. And they saw it. And, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. I'll actually back up a little bit to 21. It says, Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree. Not about the tree. He said to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed, look, teacher, the fig tree you curse is with it. Then Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. The thing I noticed right from the jump was that Jesus, he diverted their attention. This is not a moment where he said, why are you surprised? Why do you question these things in your heart? (laughs) The way he said to the Pharisees, he didn't say, believest thou not what I speaketh unto thee? He didn't, then he didn't say, believe in me. The first thing he said was believe in God. Our faith has to be targeted. We have to have faith in the right direction. We have to have the faith in the right person. The personage of God is the only proper place, the only foolproof place to place our faith. Um, our faith has to be aimed and trained on the proper source in order to have the maximum effect. If you've ever seen anyone, if you've, ended, if you've ever been to a gun range or an archery range, if you've ever seen anybody, there's a, there's a word that uh, military and uh, civil service police use that we don't, we don't use that word. We use the word aim. They use the word train. If an officer is told to train his weapon on, a, on something, He's being told to aim, but it's, he's, it's the word that they use is trained. Train your weapon. So we have to train our faith. We have to aim our faith. Because if you don't, this is not aiming. 
So it can go anywhere and do anything, and it will probably come back unfruitful. But if my faith is aimed at God, Jesus says, have faith in God. He didn't say have faith in me. So if our faith is aimed and is targeted, it's going to have the maximum effect possible. If I, if, if you've, like I said, if you've ever watched an archery event, if you've ever watched professional darts, because they actually have like Olympics and darts, the goal is not just to hit the target. The goal is to hit the bullseye on the target. So if I aim, so if my faith is aimed at God and God alone, I'm always going to hit the target because anything that I place in God's hand is always going to come back perfect. Now, it's easy. Listen, let's be honest, right? There's a lot of things that want to say the same thing to us. Have faith in me. My job will say have faith in me. My relationships will say have faith in me. My education will say have faith in me. My connections will say have faith in me. And, and, and let, me, let me make sure that I, I, I couch this properly. I am not suggesting that you place no faith in people. I'm not saying that you place no faith in how hard you work to get your degrees. I'm saying the proper place, the only effective, maximally effective place for our faith is God. So it's cool to know people. It's cool to have connections. It's cool to have degrees. But if, th- if, if I allow those things to tell me have faith in me, now, see, now I'm, now I'm on shaky ground now. I'm on shaky ground. I won't ask anybody to raise their hand in here, but I'm already, I already know by sheer numbers that there's people in here with advanced degrees and you're not doing what your degree is. You paid $80,000 for a degree and you're not in that job. I know people with master's degrees answering phones. So if I place my faith in that, it's going to let me down. If I place my faith in my job, almost as surely that job going to let me down. A little bit less, a little bit over a year ago from now, I had a, I was working at a place. I mean, I got a job now. <laughs> I was working at a place. And on a Friday at 4.30 in the afternoon, I was summarily dismissed. At <laughs> 4.30 on a Friday. You get fired on a Friday? A half hour from going home? But if, I, if all my faith was in that job, if that's all I had to rely on, man. I think it's Paul, uh, Pop, that says, um, he talks about if, if all we have faith for is this moment, this life, this it, that we are the most wretched among men, the most miserable. He says we are the most miserable among men. If this is all we got, if my job, if my connections, if my relationships, if that's all I got, I am the most miserable because I got nothing to look forward to. Has anybody in this room ever been let down by somebody you love? People in connections are not where, the, where our maximum, I'll say it like this, man. The maximum weight of our faith should not be placed in anybody but God. You can have a little bit of this faith, but you can't have it all. I need God to handle the maximum weight of my faith because he has never let me down. Now, I have been let down when I thought he was going to do something differently, but that's not him letting me down. That's me letting me down by being all up here with it. Right? Okay. 
All right, so here's the second point. Let's go to James 3. James chapter 1, verse 3. I'm looking through this thing. I should have marked it myself, right? (laughs) James chapter 1, verse 3. The second thing about faith is that it has to be properly tested. Faith has to be tested if it's going to be proved to be faith, right? An untested faith is no faith at all. That's the absolute truth. Um, So listen, every level of our lives, every time we move on to something new, there's a new test of our faith. Every single time, every single time. One, three says this. He says, dear brothers and sisters, James one, Three, I'm starting on verse two. Dear brothers and sisters, whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So there is one thing. Listen, when you first come into the kingdom, you have your, your faith is at a certain level. But then as you go along, as life begins to happen to you, as you begin to know that the enemy is real, but that God is more real, as you begin to actually have to operate your faith on different levels, different things come. So when you come into this building, right, you've come into the building enough to know that every chair that you're sitting in is going to hold you. Now, whether you sit in the same single chair every single time, whether you like to move around like a little variety in your worship, like to sit in different chairs, the reality of it is it is. That's what you have for that moment, right? Because you don't need anything else but that. That's all you need. I need to know this chair is going to hold me. That's all I need to know. And that's where we are sometimes in our life. Sometimes you just, I just need to know, uh, maybe I just need to know God is a provider, right? I need, my, my faith is being tested because when, when you don't have a job. Okay, God. There's no income. So maybe I never had to believe you like this. This part of my faith has never been tested. This place right here has never been tested before. And when I tell you I was tested, it's not the first time I've ever been without a job in the 21 years I've been in the Atlanta area. But it was the absolute toughest time of my life. The toughest eight months of my life. Listen, I my faith got tested and that I had to believe God was going to pull me out of depression. Somebody looked somebody I know where Francisco is. Somebody looked at me in a in man cave. When I told somebody about where I was, and he said, I never would have known. So be careful. Be careful. I'm just going to say this. I'm going to put up a pin there. I'm going to come in here. Listen, if God speaks to you about somebody, no matter what they present, probe. Keep probing until they break. Keep asking them how they are until they tell you how they are. Don't take I'm good. Don't take I'm blessed and highly favored. You stand here. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Look me right in my face. Tell me you're good. I had to believe God differently in that time. Because that, listen, it wasn't just a test of my faith in God as a provider. It it was a test of my faith as God as a keeper. 
because in the middle of that, I woke up, my eyes opened up, and I realized I was a horrible husband. And my marriage was in trouble, not divorce, because we ain't nobody going nowhere. One of us got to stop breathing without charges being filed afterwards. <laughs> but that my, part of my faith had never been tested because we, was, we, was, we thought we was good. But it's something about your eyes being open that that, that next level of faith has got to be tested. So what is I'm saying? As long as you keep, and listen, I'm just telling you, if you have, if your faith has never been really tested, that's no faith yet. It's not yet. It ain't yet. And I'm not disparaging, but I'm just saying it ain't yet, baby. It ain't yet. Little man, mama, it ain't yet. But if you live long enough, as, as Elder Walsh, if you live long enough, it's coming. But that's the only way you're going to know how much faith you really have. So, so instead of always praying, God, get me out of this. God, can you move this storm? God, can you move this mountain? I know, the, I know Jesus said if you speak to the mountain, the mountain will be moved. I get that. But sometimes the mountain is not supposed to be moved. Sometimes you've got to climb. You just have to climb. And, and contrary Contrary to the gospel, gospel compilation that was made very popular on TV back in the 70s, there's no smooth side, right? Ain't no smooth side. I'm coming up the rough side. Ain't no smooth side. If you got to climb, you got to climb, right? But what happens is sometimes we got, we're getting so comfortable, right? Because now ain't no rough side of the mountain no more, right? Now everything is just smiling. Everything is going to be okay. God loves you. Greater is coming. Bigger is coming. Better is coming. Everything is great. God loves you. Just be you. Live your life. Live your best life now. Do you. Positive. In- Listen. Ain't none of them people having their faith tested. Because if I just, if that's what I believe, let me tell you what will happen. If that's all I believe, I will see a test coming. I will go around it. I will avoid the test if I, if God, God don't mean for me to suffer. God doesn't, no, no, oh no, I'm Peter, right? No, Lord, not, not so. And God is like, fool, if you don't walk through this test, how can you, listen. This is written down. We have a doctor on the doctor and a, a doctor coming on the platform, right? He a pre-doctor. He the pre- so, and we got some doctors in the house and we got people. Listen, an academic test, the purpose of an academic test is to test what you know. It's to test it. I, I got this information. I retained it and I can regurgitate it. A faith test doesn't test what you know. It tests who you know. All the test is doing is trying to see, do you remember who your God is? That's all it is. And listen, the first hard test is just to remind you that you made a commitment to me. And when you made a commitment to me, I made a commitment to you. And my commitments don't go unfinished. They don't go unfulfilled. So, but it's, it's just about who you know. So for me, and I don't know, I did not intend on talking about me. But when it was me, when I was going through it, I had to keep telling myself, okay, God, you promised. 
and you said, you said, listen, you said, if I give, you said, if I give, it will be given back unto me. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, will men give it to my bosom. And let me tell you, and I know these two people know this, the word, that is the one of the few places where the word, that word bosom literally means a place to hold money. The word bosom literally means a player inside pocket. He said, if you give, it will be given unto you. God, guess what? Literally, not what a prophet or an apostle said God said, and that's cool. That's cool. No, no. But God in the flesh said, if you give. So my faith is being tested. Who do I know? Who do I know? Because my faith says, I'm glad Rick is here, because my faith says, I'm going to come new covenant. I'm going to be faithful in my service. I'm going to ride the bus. I'll get rides whenever I have to get rides. And then he prays twice over over the course of six months. He prays and he says, you, 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 you driving? No, no, no. Okay, no problem. We're going to pray. Nothing happens. Six months. Are you driving yet? No, we're going to pray again. And then my, because my faith is being tested all the time. Are you going to stay faithful? Are you going to stay faithful? Are you just going to not go? You're not going to go because you don't have a ride. And then, and then the test gets passed, right? So we in the service right here in this building and I'm back there on that camera and a man who I've never seen since, didn't see before and haven't never seen since here at the invitation of the Hayes. Random guy walks up, hands me a check. He said, Pastor Bill said, somebody's driving Tony's car. You got the car, you got the keys, you ain't got no note because you can't give away something you don't own. Verbatim was his words. This man walks up and hands me a check for $5,000. Wait. The man don't know me from Adam. He walks up to me and says, um, I'm just, is your name Anthony? Nobody calls me that. <laughs> But even then, was nobody calling me that because Anthony is 718, 212. That's that dude up there. Tony's this guy down here. But that faith test, and it, listen, there's no test that's coming that you, that's not for you to pass. That's not that kind of test. It's always designed for you to pass. Always. You got the cheat sheet. But it's designed for you to pass. So, and, and, and you think about this. Think about Abraham's first test. Think about, about levels of faith testing, right? Abraham's first test was leave these people, leave your father, and go somewhere where I will show you. Okay. Well, all right. You know, I mean, not that it wasn't odd, but he was like, okay, I can move. We can move, right? You can pack up, right, Yvette? You can move. <laughs> you can move, right? But then as Abraham's life begins to progress, and as Abraham begins to grow up in God, God now has to start testing Abraham differently every single time. So now God got to test Abraham's faith. I'm going to give you a kid when I feel like giving you a kid. <laughs> right? So then this kid comes. Abraham's like, oh, cool. And then, this, and, then, and then after all of this, God's like, I really, I got to, we got to come hard now. Right? This is, this is MCAT, right, baby? Seven hours. The MCAT is seven hours. It's a seven-hour test. Law school test, I think it's like the bar is like four hours. Is it more than four hours, Elder Melinda? Like four hours? That's a, that's a test. For, 
No. He says, I need you to kill your kid. He couldn't ask the old Abraham that because his faith wasn't there yet. But this Abraham, I could ask you to do that. So if you are sitting and saying, God, you are asking me some hard stuff. God's because you've grown enough for it. You have gotten to a place where if I don't test you at this level, I can't trust you. So don't think, don't, don't look at it. Don't try to dodge it. Don't, no, 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 no. Pass the test. It's okay. Because in the entire time that Abraham was going up this, up this mountain with his kid, there was a goat going up the other side of the mountain. But Abraham didn't go knowing about the goat. He went because it was about who he knew. God hadn't failed him yet. And the Bible tells us that he, Abraham, it gives us a, a little glimpse of Abraham's thoughts. He's like, God's going to fix this. Father, where's the sacrifice? God will provide. So if, you in the, if you're like, man, I feel like I'm, I'm in a test. I feel like I'm worn right now. Chill. You have to have this test. If you don't pass this test, you can't be promoted. You can't be trusted with what's coming next, which is, by the way, a harder test. Because people, listen, this is just honest truth, y'all. This is just honest truth. This is, this is it. And, if you, and if, if, if you and I don't plan our feet and make a conscious decision to stand firm in the test, we will be, listen, we will be beat down forever. Every little thing that'll come along will blow you off your thing. Every little thing, every little thing. Because you, no, you ain't got no faith muscle. Like you puny, you that the dude on the beach with people kicking sand in his face. Do you that guy? Even if you're a girl, you're that guy. <laughs> but this is the thing, right? So we gotta pass. All right, let's move on to the third one. Move to the third one. The third characteristic of faith is it has to be a true faith. It has to be a true faith. It's a faith that has to be proved by action. Now, we know that there's always this debate about whether or not James is preaching work-based salvation and all this other stuff. But if you just read it properly, if you read it in context, <laughs> if you read it in context, okay, listen, that's verse, that's verse 20. So let's back up to, really, you've, if you back up to 14, you get the context. Pretty simple, right? 14 says, dear brothers and sisters, what's the use of saying you have faith if you don't prove it by your actions? The kind of faith can't save anyone. Suppose you see a brother or sister who needs food or clothing and you say, well, goodbye and God bless you. Stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? 17 says, so you see, it isn't enough to just have faith. Faith that doesn't show itself by good deeds is no faith at all. It is dead and useless. 18 says, now some may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds. I say, I can't see your faith if I don't have good deeds. But I will show you my faith through my good deeds. 19 says, do you still think it's enough just to believe there is one God? Well, even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. 20 says, fool, when will you ever learn that faith that does not result in good deeds is useless? Context. Zero to do with salvation. James is saying, if you have faith, it needs to be true. And any true faith is proven by action. It's proof you have to do... You prove that you believed in the seat because you sat down in it. 
You didn't think, you didn't pray, you didn't fast, you just sat down. You don't come in here every single Sunday and go, okay, God, lead me to the seat that is higher than I. Oh, Habasha, Father, lead me to the seat that's going to hold me up this Sunday because I don't trust that seat I sat in last Sunday. It's the same. You don't do that. Watch this. So I got a couple of questions, and I'm, I'm, we're going to land right after these questions. A true faith is a proven faith, proven by action, right? So if you say that you have faith for a spouse, prove it by stop fornicating. Prove it. You say you have faith that God is going to give you the proper spouse and God's going to work things out. Move out. Struggle paying your own rent. That's the only way you're going to prove if you really believe God. You say that you have faith for healing. Prove it by expanding your vision of God's miracles. Prove it. Oh, because the instantaneous miraculous healing is the only way God has ever healed anybody. God, I believe you for healing. The doctor says you may need surgery. I don't receive that. Wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me be clear so as not to step over into something. If God has completely and utterly told you, told you that you are not going to need surgery, you stand on that word. But I submit to you, three out of ten people get that. Them other seven don't get that. You standing on somebody else's faith. You can't. Taking somebody else's test is cheating. Isn't that right? You get put out for that. God, I believe you for healing. Well, we think that, you know, you may have to have this surgery. I don't receive that. I don't receive. Did you ask God? Did you go to God and say, God, is this your healing? Is this how you want it to happen? Because if it is, because if it is, I will, I will do it, God. I will let them cut me open. I will let them take out of me whatever they got to take out of me. God, if that's what you, if that's how you want to heal me, I'm good. Schedule the surgery. Only two things are going to happen. Between now and the surgery, God's going to fix me. Or y'all going to come see me in the hospital with some flowers and some candy. How you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm in a little pain, but we going to be okay. Prove it by your action. Listen, this is, this is, I'm, I'm going to land here. I'm going to land here. If you say, I'm going to get a shout from the far left side of the podium on the far left side. You say you have faith to be debt free. Prove it by getting a budget. And the good elder says, Amen. Prove it. God, oh, because we see it every week, right? 
I'm a giver. I got my soul. God giving me C and I'm debt free. But you still spending. Look, you listen, listen, you spending like. Come on. You spending Beyonce money right now. And you own and run from your creditors. You caught that right? Malachi caught it. <laughs> Prove it. Cut the credit card up. Prove it. Stop, stop spending the money the way you spend money. Stop justifying the way you spend money because, well, I got it. Well, I ain't got no kids. I'm single. I'm... Prove it. Prove that, you, prove that you believe that God will get you debt free by actually doing something as opposed to simply sitting down. Father, give me increase. I believe for increase. I believe for more. I believe for increase. I believe for more. Swipe. I believe for increase. I believe for more. Swipe. I believe for increase. I believe for more. No, no. Swipe this one. Swipe. I believe for increase. I believe for more. That went through? Ah, bless God. So this faith, right? So this faith, let me, let me open my little paper again, right? So this paper says three characteristics of faith. It has to be a targeted faith, it has to be a tested faith, and it has to be a true faith. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.